Hello, welcome to the Crush Monocle podcast. I'm your host, Coop. Uh, my co-host is John. Hi there. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about stuff, all the stuff, mainly music and movies where we mispronounce people's names and get our wires crossed and have no idea what we're talking about. Um, we have a guest today on the show, and our guest has established herself as one of the most important, interesting electronic artists in the music industry, combining elements of industrial goth and synth pop. Her art is a tapestry of haunting yet soulful music uh, that's both cinematic and dreamlike. Ahead of the release of her upcoming album on May 20th from Sacred Bones Records, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nika Danilova, also known as Zola Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, for coming on this show. We're complete goofy and we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> I'm excited to find out how much of a gen... gen, gen gentlemen you guys are because you know oh, yeah, yeah. oh there's yeah, a tall yeah. order here the beards i'm seeing i'm seeing a little bit of beard the gentlemen though mm. yeah, we'll see we'll see yeah. we'll see um for those um who's not familiar with uh your music uh nika how would you explain your music and who zola jesus is as an artist yeah, so I, I make music as Zola Jesus. I have been doing so since like 2009, 2008. Um, and it is often dark, melodic, poppy, emotional, soulful. I don't know. You know how it is. Trying to describe right. one's own music is just, it's extremely hard. But I well, put my heart and soul into it. Yeah. Well, I have to put you on the spot, you know, as the very first question. That's, <laughs> that's not, only a that's gentleman very, would. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. well, um, <laughs> uh, well, John, we'll go with you first just so we can know how the format goes. What have you been listening to over oh, the past cool, month? Cool. Okay, now you're putting me on the spot. I see how yes. it is. Look, I kind of want to be like basic and just say like the new Meshuggah album is just like fantastic. um it really is i'm i'm not really like a like metal guy but um i I love some mashuga and every time they drop something new i kind of just like absorb it for a few days um the new mammoth weed wizard bastard's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) and i'm mostly plugging it because that band name is phenomenal (laughs) that's amazing and that's just kind of like awesome uh female fronted stoner kind of stuff but it has like really cool synths to it like they sound kind of cheesy but like within the context they're really cool like textures and noises that you don't necessarily hear one with like keys and kind of stoner sludgy stuff and two it kind of has this like 70s 80s like retro sci-fi horror synth vibe to it and so it's it's worth checking out so Nice. Those are my two. One of these days, I'm not going to name something heavy. I swear I'd listen to other stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, Nika, what have you been listening to for the past month? Um. Oh, good question. Let me think. A lot of, uh, strangely, a lot of shakuhachi flute music. Um, because it's very nice. soothing to me. Yeah, nice. I've been like going through. It's been quite busy, and so whenever I turn some tunes on, you know, I get I go straight for the Japanese flute music. Um, that actually sounds that. really relaxing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Very soothing. <laughs> Other than that, I don't even I don't even know. I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to lately. I listened to the new Jasmine Sullivan, wanted to see what all the hype was about her because she got that R&B Grammy and she looks yeah. up to it at hotels. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Cool, I'll check that out. Yeah, I've been on a, a R&B kick for the past few months, which is kind of rare for me. Uh, I'm at this site and this podcast i'm like a thrash metal guy not lately so, no you're like so you're, like, you're, you're a soulful r&b guy now so now i'm the soulful <laughs> r&b guy so you know it takes all kinds you know what i mean yeah for sure the the album i've been listening to for the past month is from barry they barry used to be a synth pop kind of dream pop whatever they call that type of music but now the band kind of broke up and it's just the singer and she just kind of took over the band. It's something completely different than what it used to be. But their second album is called Barbara, which is really like a first album because it's now just her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of pop. It's kind of R&B in spots. It's kind of folk. It's on uh, Winspear Records. It's kind of in. I can't really describe it because it's so many different styles of music. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's really good. Uh, check that out. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> You have a new album coming out in, on May 20th. Yes. So and, <laughs> what's the album called? <laughs> the album is called Archon. Okay, cool. I wanted you to say it because I didn't know if I was going to pronounce it right. So. Oh, is he putting her on yeah, the spot yeah, again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what are words wrong? anyway? What are words? Yeah. Like yeah. Pronunciation is all overrated. So yeah, we're in, yeah, you're in a safe space. oh man that makes me feel much better (laughs) um so how do you approach writing a song do you go with a melody first do you go with lyrics how does this kind of come about for you it really all depends on you know what pulls me in so you know Mm -hmm. i'll i'll start songs with so many different sort of contexts whether it's like an idea first an emotion first a drum beat or a chord progression it really, it's just kind of like you're trying to just chase the, chase the, what did it say? Catch, catch the big fish, as David Lynch says. So you're always just, I'm always just trying to find new ways of catching that fish. Um, and they come in many different ways. Do you, do you demo at home or like as recording wise or how does, how do you usually do go about that? Yeah, I have a little studio in my house um, where I have like some synths and keyboards and guitars even though i barely use them um but but yeah i write i write alone at home and then i'll take the songs to people that i feel like could make them better or more interesting or pull them apart or challenge them and that's kind of how this record was made by just taking even like fully formed songs that could have just been mixed but then just taking them to randall dunn my co-producer and was just like how do we make this better I know your last record felt like a departure from the one before that one. Where where are you going with this with this new album? Um <laughs> It's funny. It's it's one of my it was one of my most enjoyable records to make because yeah. I went into it feeling like I just had this epiphany where I realized that like the way that things feel when they're being made is just as important as like how they sound at the end. So for me, it was all about just like letting the chi flow. That was my mantra. So I would just remain quite, um, just quite stoned like throughout the process of making the music. <laughs> and then like, you know, if anything like was like, like standing out to me or making me feel like extra paranoid, I'd be like, no, no, this can't happen. But letting it back, just letting the vibe go, you know? So yeah, the record is quite cool. groovy and, and vibey. And um, I just wanted it to feel really good making it. Cause a lot of the songs are quite personal. Like, some of like the hardest moments of my life are reflected in the songs on this record. Wow. And so, um, you know, 
you gotta gotta have fun while like ripping yourself apart i guess so <laughs> I, i'm curious about the uh the lead single lost or even the first track on the album that's the only one that i've heard um just because the album obviously hasn't dropped yet but that one feels like really primal and kind of like aggressive. Is that kind of the vibe you were going for? I mean, it, it, it's like a, it, it's a really cool way to start off an album without even hearing the other nine tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, for me it was, man, how do I explain this? Um, it's hard because a lot of the stuff that inspired the record or it's kind of like, like a mystical ex- relationship that I had to music at the time where it's like, I felt like mm. music had to address like more fundamentally like sacred aspects of being alive and being yeah. able to create and stuff like that. And so yeah. um, for me, it I wanted the music to sound very timeless in some ways and very like mm. um, uh, what's the word sort of, I don't know, just like it could exist at any time. And it's okay. reflecting things that are like very universal feelings, but in this very like primal way. Yeah. yeah. Hard to explain, but. <laughs> cool. Can you like talk about like kind of the origin of like lost the song, like in itself and like kind of where that came from? Yeah. So I was just in my home studio and I found a sample of a Slovenian folk choir. And so I just oh, like okay. cut it up and, and looped that. And yeah. then um, the the choir is from a region that my ancestors are from. So oh, cool. it made me think about like sense of time and place and roots and, and how important ancestors are because they bring us to the present moment. Um, but yeah, we still feel so lost and adrift in time and space right okay. now where it's like, yeah. we, ne- we don't really have like um, roots as much as we used to. So then we need to kind of like search for our roots and find them. And that was a big part of what inspired lost is just trying to find ourselves again. Yeah, it's a killer track. Like I, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited for the rest of this album. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I think you're going to yeah. like the album. It's, it's super cool. fun. Awesome. Awesome. John actually kind of talked about what I was just getting ready to say. It's such a commanding song. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Ve- this is like very important. This is very heavy, like an emotional, like it's a very commanding yeah. song. Yeah. I um, a lot of your, a lot of your music is, very commanding in that sense how do you feel about when people like to call your music industrial i I don't really care about genre labels but when i think of industrial i think of like nine inch nails or ministry and i love those bands but i don't get that vibe from your music i don't how do you feel about being labeled an industrial artist I mean, I, I love industrial music, so that's cool if they want to just throw me in there like go for it I don't know that I belong anywhere but <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I love Einstein de Neubauten, Cabaret Voltaire, like all these early industrial bands. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's stuff that I love. I also grew up in like a, a wood shop in an auto shop. So like just like machinery, <laughs> yeah. sounds of machinery, machinery are really interesting to me. Um, so you could say I'm industrial in that way as well. But um, yeah, I mean, those, I love Nine Inch Nails. Those are all artists that I love. I love the heaviness and, like, the darkness of industrial music. So um, I'm sure, like, aspects of that translate over into what, what I make because I am a fan of it. Yeah. I feel that your music's like an elevated form of uh, industrial music if you're going to label it industrial because a lot of that stuff, like you said, it's more machinery. Again, I just name drop ministry. Sometimes ministry just sounds like a couple chainsaws going off, <laughs> you know, I love it, but that's not, there's not a lot of whole, a uh, lot of beauty to it as where you're the way you approach it. It's kind of gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't like to um, 
make genre type music. And so I think that's right. why like there's right. probably aspects of industrial in my music, but it's never going to be like, I'm never going to go like whole, whole hog because there's yeah. just so many other, other, right. other corners of what I'm into. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, the last time I saw you lie was at Pitchfork, um, here in Chicago, uh, a couple of years ago. I live in, I live in Chicago and, uh, you called us fibs, which, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of insulted, Aww. but that's okay. No, <laughs> no it's, I'm, be, I'm just being honest. Look, I'm being honest. I live in, I live where, where the fibs go for summer and on weekends. Like I, I'm in fib country up North in Wisconsin. Yep. So Look, I have my own relationship with the Illinois drivers up here, and hey. but you know, I lo- I, re- I respect I respect Illinoisians, Illinoisans. Yeah, well, that's okay for you because I usually don't. We suck down here. <laughs> You're just taking um, all the fish out of our lakes. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, they go up there to see when the leaves turn, and you know, take their yeah. postcard pictures. Yeah, so you grew up in Wisconsin. From my understanding, you kind of lived off kind of secluded and like on a huge farm or up in the wooded area. As a young person, not even much as a teenager, but as a young person, how was it? How did you discover new bands and new music? Like, what did you gravitate to? Um, well, what, once once the Internet was a thing. I really got opened up into a whole realm of music and mm-hmm. I have an older brother who's uh, a year older than me and he was a really, he's a cool guy. And so, you know, we would both be, whenever we would be on the internet, because of course it was dial up, we would both be like yeah. downloading <laughs> albums on Soulseek and Kazaa or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so through there, we like, I would help him download albums. Cause like I would want to be online, but he would like want to continue downloading. Cause it took like, a week to make yeah. one record. So. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, so LimeWire like a- <laughs> was crazy slow. <laughs> yeah, it was so slow. So, you know, I would help him, like, download Swan's albums and, like, Diamond Galas. And then I started listening to that. And I was like, whoa, this stuff is amazing. And then yeah. he was, like, upset That's because awesome. he was like, oh, my, my younger sister can't be into this. Like, I'm supposed to be, like, the one into cool music. Like, she's lame. And then he got into rockabilly. So jokes on him. <laughs> did you did you do that to him? Was he downloading rockabilly albums for you? Is that what was going on? No, he well maybe a, maybe a drop. I was a third. You know, there was Dropkick Murphys. I was thirteen. Right, right. You know, but yeah, okay. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've said this. I actually wrote an article about it. But my one of my first uh, introductions to industrial music was through ministry. And I had an overly religious aunt who uh, thought everything on MTV was evil. And at one point she kept saying, there's this group called ministry. They're not Christian. They're evil. So if they ever <laughs> come on there, we have to Don't it. believe them. <laughs> yeah. So my, my cousin, who was like a teenager at the time, I was like 10. Uh, of course, we was watching MTV and Jesus Built My Hot Rod came on. And my aunt freaked out and screaming through the house, change the channel. It's evil. It's evil. And as soon as she left the room, we just turned it back and watched it anyway. And uh, it was the coolest sound I ever heard. And that's what got me into industrial music. Not only did it sound cool like machinery, like we were just talking about, but it also scared the bejesus out of my aunt. I know. Sometimes that's the thing. Like, they don't know what they're doing to you. They're corrupting you, like, through reverse psychology. Yeah, totally. Totally reverse psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Were, Were your parents, like, musical people? Did they like what you listened to or? Um, 
like like they love music like my mom loves mm-hmm. like soul music and my dad was like a he was really into like new wave and punk and stuff so growing up he would be like cool. working out and i would be listening he'd be like playing dead kennedys or um, <laughs> talking heads yeah. and i would just be like down there so then i grew up kind of with this uh immersion of sort of punk around me and that's that's what i really gravitated nice. gravitated to yeah that's cool yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of a good uh, blend of kind of what your music is. I mean, it's not so much punk in the traditional sense, but it goes against what we would expect that kind of music to be. And yeah. it's kind of new wave. It's kind of kind of hardcore. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, in my in my soul, I feel like I'm crass, but I guess like what it sounds like is probably not like that. But you know, no, not it's, at all. It's, it's in yeah. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite uh things about your previous record was how personal it was about heavier issues like my favorite song on that record is soak can we expect that kind of vulnerability and personal stuff upon in the new record oh yeah yeah well i mean i went through just such an immense amount of transformation like before or before making this album that it all just came out in the record. So except this time it's not about others. It's kind of more about like myself and things that I had to face my own demons. Um, so yeah, there's some really stark songs. I'm I'm a little upset that no one sent you the record to listen to beforehand. I feel a little, I feel like <laughs> we dropped the ball because you could have a rounder idea of the, well, uh, the album. Well, that's okay because, well, you know, I did pre-order the vinyl. So I, I'll get it soon enough. Still but no. uh, come on, that is not a gen- <laughs> the, a, the, a gentleman would have sent you the album prior to this I, interview. We, we we had the discussion and we were like, it's so far out from when the album drops that we felt kind of like bad asking for it. Like, yeah, I didn't want to ask for beforehand. It. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like now in retrospect, I'm going to send it to you, and then you're going to be like, oh. Like we said it to you after the interview. <laughs> You're like, can you come back on, please? Can we waste yeah. some of your time? <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I I was just seeing some of your tweets earlier on, and you were saying you was talking about uh, you shared a link about how expensive it is for artists, or whatever. At this at this publication and this podcast, we've talked about it a few times. Indie music is very important to us, and I don't like to reach out and just try to get. F- freebies from you know indie artists or labels whatever this is your you know i plan on buying the record anyway but i feel that sometimes when (laughs) when when we ask for things like that it it's hard to let them know that we're not just trying to reach for stuff you know what i mean so we're we're trying to be very serious about that so that's why i didn't ask (laughs) now that is a gentleman (laughs) Plus the, sup- the, susp- the suspense keeps, you know, building like, I, you know, just it is, yeah. songs oh. to drop, you know what I mean? So That's is there, is there going to be another song to drop before the album comes? Do you know? Yep. There's going to be a couple more. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm yeah. Excited. The video is kind of, kind of creepy for Lost. Uh, uh, beautiful, but also kind of, kind of brooding. Do you have like a, I'm going to say I'm not going to say a horror element, but I, I've heard that you also enjoy horror movies quite a bit. Do you go a, approach your music videos or maybe even your music itself with a cinematic point of view, like right off the bat? Do you think like, oh, this is what this song looks like? Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I see, I see the video while I'm making the song, or, or there's a point which it comes to me and I can kind of envision it, and um, 
it's awesome because I love film. I love cinema. Um, mm-hmm. And what better excuse to kind of make your own movie than to make a music video as a musician. So <laughs> it's just kind yeah, of my yeah. way to dabble. Um, yeah, even though it's, yeah, I don't awesome. know anything about filmmaking, but I get to work with a lot of really talented people who help like channel my vision. Your music ha- does have a, uh, a cinematic quality about it. That's how oh, I sure, was yeah. uh, describing it earlier. It's like, I just picture it playing during the credits of some kind of horror movie. Yeah, She needs to be soundtracking everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. My dream, my dream. <laughs> we, we were just talking about, uh, the movie X from Ty West, that recent horror movie in, uh, is it Chelsea Wolf that did the score for that movie? Yeah, uh, her, her can, and the composer. I can't remember the composer's name. Yeah, so can you please uh, score a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just say the word and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if, if there's any filmmakers listening, can we oh, uh, please? Filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 824, Bloomhouse, where are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to... The singles, how do you pick? I'm mean, not really singles so much, but like stuff that you release in the head of the album. How do you go about picking what song comes out first? I'm all about the vibe, like I said. So it just, I, I felt like this, that needed to be the single. Um, as soon as I made it, I was just like, this, this is going to open the record. And it's the first thing I want people to hear because it, it's a real mission statement for how I feel right now and, and what the record represents, like on a sonic level. So. And then the next song that I picked is like completely different from Lost. Um, And so I like that too, because it showed like a whole different side of the spectrum of what the record sounds like. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lost was a perfect choice. You know, I obviously listen to you all the time, but like, I was just like, Oh, whoa, this is, this is cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the music that you make is very distinct. Is a lot of the your favorite music that you listen to influence you to create music? Like, is there like a difference there? Like, are you influenced by your favorite artists, or is that just kind of like a completely different medium for you? Yeah, I feel more influenced by other musicians in terms of like the respect that I have for their careers and the decisions they've made. Like, like mm-hmm. Diamanda Galas, like. I'm very influenced by her, by the way that she had, by the decision she's made in her career and, and the things that she's put energy into. But like in terms of musically, um, yeah, it's just like, I just feel like it's crossing wires a little bit. Um, I mean, of course I'm informed by everything that I've ever heard. Like we're all just basically mm. sampling machines, but um, <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm not like going like, oh, I need this sound or this sound. like. I need the opposite of that. Like I want, I want the sounds to come from within. So that's why I, I'm not really listening to a lot of music is because when I'm in like a creative mindset, I just need to go fully like within. Yeah. Well, and like how you said, you know, you're just trying to like harness the chi. So you, I feel like if you'd listen to something else, it would like kind of like screw with your head as the, like in the mindset you're trying to be in, like with at least the new record. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And there's so much like st- pressure to sound a certain way to fit into it, the algorithm or, you know, yeah. it's like music is sounding yeah really similar it's like oh i should be making like reggaeton because that's what people right. want you know <laughs> yeah yeah and i was just like no i don't don't listen to anything close your ears the, the zola jesus reggaeton album come on you guys, yeah you yeah drop it. i mean look in another world well, it's it's difficult out there for 
for female artists. Any, I hate to use the term female artist because I just like to think that artists are artists. It doesn't matter their, you know, their gender. Do you feel that there's a lot of pressure on you being a woman who creates music to be like kind of overly sexualized or hit for a certain market or, you know, does that do those kind of pressures have an effect on you in the music that you create or? Absolutely. Especially because I grew up um, being immersed in just like radio pop, you know, and so Mm -hmm. MTV. And so all the female musicians were like dressed a certain way and looked a certain way and, you know, did these like choreographed dances and stuff. So then I feel like this pressure, like, oh, I'm a female musician, which means like, and I want to be successful. I want people to like me. So then maybe I have to like change my face or change my clothes or do these certain things. Um, And so there aren't I mean, there are some really good role models. Like, like I said, Diamanda is a great one um, mm-hmm. that that don't look this that way and do things on their own terms. And so, there's, those are the, you know, I've grown to just like associate myself with like that that sort of female artist because the ones that I grew up listening to made me feel like I was not a woman because I wasn't like that. So I'm like, who am? Like, where do I fit? I don't know where I belong, but. Yeah. No, yeah. Now I don't care. So whatever. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, I. I just even as a as a dude, just seeing how uh, women are objectified in the music industry just like really really bums me out in that sense because someone's a woman, they have to be overtly sexy or you know everything has to be this or has to be that or otherwise it's not as successful or won't be treated as such. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I like, I feel more, I just don't feel like that kind of woman or that kind of person. Like, um, right. So why, why force it? You know, that would be extremely awkward. <laughs> we, we do awkward on this podcast. Every- oh, okay. Split <laughs> <laughs> a girl wants, split a girl <laughs> um speaking of your performance at pitchfork you know how how has your live show changed since i saw you at pitchfork in 2017 um probably not much because after that i just did a tour on that same album with the same band and then i took a break to make the album and then make archon and then COVID happened so i'm actually starting and i have a new band and we're going to do rehearsals but it's when, when, when discussing like the live show, it's all about compromise because it's all about what can I afford? So it's the least amount of people doing the most amount of stuff, which is not ideal. Like I would love to have a string quartet and like a horn section stuff back of singers, but like, it's just, it's not affordable. So whatever I have to, I have to think pretty like um, conservatively when, when thinking about like a, a backing band, because then I have to take them all across the world, you know? Right. I, I know, I know, I know that it feels like a compromise to you. Um, but as a fan, I find the live stuff and the live clips and the live recordings, it's almost like a different, different element of your music, you know, because obviously it's not going to sound exactly like how it does in the studio. So it's really fun to hear that stuff in a live setting and how you've kind of made that adjustment from, you know, the lush kind of sounds that are in the studio to more of a, I don't want more of like a band situation, if that makes sense. And I actually find that to be really interesting, you know, to have the studio record and then, you know, to come across like the live recordings or the live videos or whatever. So thanks. As a fan, I I love it. it. I love performing live. And that's like, 
I think that's where like my the the punk energy in me comes out because it's like when I'm on a stage, I want to just like I, I I feel like I'm just gonna like explode or something. Like I'm just like running around. Like I can't. I don't know. There's so I have so much energy that yeah. bursting to get out. Whereas when I'm writing music, it's like that's when like the mystic comes out or like the like you know yeah. the like the emotional side. So then it's hard to take those songs that I wrote in seclusion and perform them on stage when I want to just like thrash around. Um, right. Cause sometimes it doesn't, doesn't really, that energy isn't really matching up, but I, I, I don't care. I love it. How do you, how do you keep your voice so consistent too? Like I've noticed like your live recordings, you know, I'm not going to shit on anybody, but you know, some singers kind of falter, you know, especially with how exhausting like a tour is, but like, pretty much every live recording I've heard from you, like your, your voice is still so like strong and like right on point. Like, do you, not that I know anything about singing, but like, do you have like a regiment that you stick to or is it kind of easy for you or? Um, in the beginning I didn't have anything, um, because there was just like no places to warm up and like taking care of your voice wasn't like cool or, you know, you're supposed to just like get out there. Um, but now yeah. just understanding that like sustainability is so important. I really take care of my voice. I yeah. don't drink that much. I don't smoke. Like I don't go out after shows. I just can't like, right. it's so different than just playing guitar or something. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you can be hung over and playing guitar, but you can't be hung yep. over and singing. So, um, yeah, cause like you your gotta, body's I, your I, instrument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got to make yeah. a lot of sacrifices like that, but you know, it's worth it because I've lost my voice on stage enough times to feel the utter humiliation of not being able to sing when that's all I'm there to do. And it's just like, like, I never want to experience that ever again. It's so brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. <clears throat> um, earlier you was bringing up just about the conservatism and, you know, the cost of having going out on tour. I think that people just don't, don't realize how, what goes into going out on tour and, and touring, even with a, electronic artists or people that don't have a full band what do you say to those people who don't realize how what goes into going (laughs) going out live on a tour oh man well i mean i think that it just it's just about considering what's happening you know it's like this group of people is having to go from place to place and perform every single night and like if there's a day off, that's expense you know and so Mm -hmm. i plan tours so there's like very few days off which is like of course, great for the body, great for the soul, great for camaraderie. Everyone's super tired and like pushed to their yeah. limits and not getting enough sleep because, you know, we're also touring in vans. So, you know, you'll right. get to a hotel right. at 1 a.m. and then you'll have to get up at 4 a.m. to start driving oh. to the next city. And yeah. um, you're just like in like a packed in a van. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I've done it a long time and I, I, I love it. But whew. I don't know. Yeah. I, I even see people in tour buses and I'm just like, man, what I would give to have a tour yeah. bus. <laughs> Let alone a, a think, private you know? plane or what people. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like, oh man, it's a grind, but you know, got to do it. Well, it's probably harder too, because you know, like you said, like your band isn't necessarily consistent from tour to tour, right? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's not like just the same four dudes over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> not necessarily, it depends on what's required as well. Yeah, yeah. How do? You, what is your thoughts on the whole streaming thing? I know you have a new record coming out, and it's very important that we should get out there and buy it. You know, support you and you know the label and everything. Uh, the whole artist pulling their things off Spotify, and that's great. That artists like Neil Young can have the you know, the option to do that. But I think younger artists or 
people that aren't superstars yet uh, have a little bit of a difficult time doing that because that's how they're getting their listeners. That's how we know that there's new music coming out. What are your thoughts on uh, the whole streaming aspect of music these days? Yeah, I mean, I, I lobbied with my management company and my record label to not put my new record on streaming services. And mm-hmm. I was going to be like the martyr for the cause, but they were just like, you're going to kill, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by doing that and the label. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. and the management company. And these are people that, you know, like I, I want to support and, and make sure are supported. So like, it's not only right. my choice to take things off streaming, which is a little, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I got to look out for everybody else that's working on this record as well. But um, yeah. it's hard because it's like, man, working three years on a record, putting every dime into it and then throwing it up on streaming. And then we're just like that release day, just like the record's out. And then like people forget or they stream it, but it's like, it's never going to feel the same as like people going to record store, buying the record, listening to the whole record, a relationship with the music and that like really tangible way. Um, I mean, it's so much more sustainable on a financial level for artists, but also just like emotionally, like that is what I want people to do is to like have their own relationship with the music that's tangible and real and not just like, Oh, I saw your song on a playlist or whatever. Um, Yeah. Really devalues all the work that was put into it, which is sort of um, sad. It's it's kind of depressing to artists, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm uh, I, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent anti streaming for because of the indie artist. You know, all of us aren't out there with Neil Young, you know, with sixty years yeah. of music behind us where we've already made all of our money. You know, having that album out on streaming services is the way that people's getting it. I know it sucks to have a song on a playlist somewhere, but if it wasn't for that playlist, maybe these people wouldn't be turned on to your music and they exactly. wouldn't buy a ticket to your show. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, even though, like I said, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the streaming things, I won't, I won't harsh on anybody who keeps their music on streaming services for that reason. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's like choosing to not have your music available in like the record stores because you're just like, yeah, oh, like this is maybe where people get their music, but like I don't support. It. But then it's just like, okay, well then no one has access to your music. It's like, yeah, you know, forcibly obscure, you know, obscuring yourself from like the conversation, the musical conversation is kind of not what like artists should be doing. Like that shouldn't be our cross to bear really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's like, it's like what you said, it's like, you're kind of forced to do it. Like, even though you don't want to. And I I feel like, you know, for artists, I think it's like the toughest part, you know, like, and ideally it would be, you know, you got to get it from Bandcamp or you got to buy the vinyl or like, whatever, as opposed to just like pulling my phone out of my pocket and, you know, there's a new Zola Jesus album on my phone, you know? If you're listening to to it though, that's all that matters. Like I I just want people to hear it and I want them to like, I just want them to give it time and and give it space and to listen to it. And so if they, if you do that through streaming, that's great, you know, but like, it's not the listener's problem either. It's, it's these corporations that create these systems that, and then they right. force people to use them. Um, so yeah, can't yeah, blame, can't blame anyone except for the people that are like forcing us to use this stuff. Damn the man, damn the corporation. Damn the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the pandemic like for you? Um, 
It was pretty hard because I was supposed to be making my album, but instead I was just like crying in my bed being like, <laughs> yeah. is this it for me? <laughs> Not sure what will, what happened. Yeah. Um, but it was also nice because I'm like a, I'm a real hardcore hermit. So not having to leave my house for like a year or two was pretty awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Hard to get over that. Yeah. I, <laughs> Dream come true. Right? Yeah. I, I miss I miss going to shows, but I don't miss going out places. Like It's been hard to like get back yeah. into like being a functioning adult outside of the house. I'll, I will be honest there. Yeah. I think we're all. Yeah. We're all struggling. Yeah, I don't remember how to do this yeah. anymore. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, no, it's like, wait, what society? Yeah, don't, huh? need yeah. don't need it. Overrated. Over it. So, uh, where you live up in Wisconsin, so I imagine you're probably a little bit more. I don't. I don't know where your living situation, but uh, you're probably more secluded than, say, Los Angeles, where like you used to live. Yeah, I I'm so grateful that I live in the woods for that, and, and I, that I did during the pandemic. And I felt very like, you know, count count one's blessings because I can't imagine being sequestered to a tiny little apartment like my friends were for two years. It's, it's it's inhospitable. It's horrible. Did did you have most of your, the songs for the new record done? Like, uh, like written out, I'm not only recorded, but like written and, you know, composed and everything ready for the recording before the pandemic started? Or did you do a lot of writing during the pandemic? Um, well, March 2020, I was about I was going to go to L.A. to record with Matt Chamberlain, the drummer, yeah. um, and I had some songs and then that had to get canceled because that was like right when it, started. it was basically the week after like uh, Tom Hanks got COVID or whatever. Yeah. And then we were like, we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks has got so, it. We're all going to die. Yeah, if Tom Hanks has got it. I know. I was like, <laughs> so um, had to like put everything on pause, but I was. I wasn't, I, in retrospect, I'm glad that happened because I feel like I wasn't ready. Um, so I spent the next year and I wrote a couple more songs that I really liked that ended up on the record. And that year gave me a lot of perspective and wisdom. And it just brought a whole new depth to what I was trying to communicate with the record. So it's all good, you know? I mean, COVID gave us a lot of material as artists. <laughs> it, it gave me a lot of weight because I've eaten nothing but junk food and watched yeah. TV and played video games. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. Tell me yeah. about it. Why do you think my camera's on? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that my camera's on. <laughs> yeah, look yeah, at me. Yeah, we need to apologize for that. <laughs> um, so uh, you plan on touring this new record, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, given that everything can be done like sustainably right. or safely, right. because it seems like a lot of people that are touring right now are like having to cancel halfway through the tour because of COVID or whatever. So, yep. um, but I certainly want to, I, I miss being on stage so much. Yeah. I, Do you have um, anything like tentatively scheduled yet or anything like that? Well, I'm playing Oblivion Access Fest in Austin in May. Yeah. And then, um, I'm going to be playing some record release shows, which we're still working for, working on, um, working on booking. So, and then I want to do a full tour in the fall. So we're going to 
plan that as well. I'm just wondering because I live in lame Utah, so I usually get like the second round of tour after like the main tour. So I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, you'll get the you'll in. get the 2023. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the like makeup dates <laughs> that got skipped. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, hey, I live in northern Wisconsin. I don't I don't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. See, well, I'm see, not complaining. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing about yeah, the Wisconsin yeah. people. They have to come down to my city to see all the shows. <laughs> So we get all the Wisconsin people. Down. No, we love not to backtrack, but you know, I love it. And you know, I, I have a, I have a neighborly affinity with Illinois. Like if you're from Illinois, you might as well be from Wisconsin. Yeah, It's all the same. Minnesota, Michigan. We're all so the same. Yeah. I'm sorry. Utah's a different beast. That's for yeah, sure. You don't want to live here. Trust me. Uh, well, it's the, beautiful though. You're uh, I think the, I haven't been to a show since 2019, so I don't even know what I'm going to be seeing next. But I keep seeing all the festival posters. Are you a fan of performing at these festivals? Or I mean, I kind of imagine you'd probably rather do your own tours and stuff. But uh, how do you feel about the whole festival circuit? They're funny. I mean, I like them because it's kind of like I'm getting exposed to different people. Mm-hmm. Right. So or. My my music is not conducive to festivals, so then it's just, like, really awkward, and I'm usually playing, mm-hmm. like, at, you know, 1 p.m. on, like, a side stage, and there's, like, four people right. watching me being like, this is weird. Um, so that can be kind of funny, but <laughs> festival culture is so um, – it, it doesn't – yeah, it doesn't – it's not really conducive to the type of music that I make, but I like them because they're fun, and I get to, like, see a bunch of other musicians and stuff, and – you know, it feels like a con. It feels like a convention, music yeah. convention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to hate going to festivals because uh, I because the people were obnoxious. But now that I've gotten older and I haven't been hitting up as many shows, I feel like I'm seeing all these bands I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to see. Totally, you know, solo. Yeah. Not saying I wouldn't see Solo Jesus yeah. by yourself, but like it's very it was very convenient that you was at that particular festival. I think at the same year I saw the band uh, Survive. Oh yeah, they're, the, they're that computer electronic group that is. That did the music for like Stranger yeah. Things, whatever. Yeah. And they gave them like the worst slot on that show because like it was the middle of the day, it was like noon, and like all these dudes were standing around, they didn't know what to do. Like it's not really danceable oh, no. music, but the yeah. light show thing wasn't working. Oh no. Yeah. See, it's <laughs> that's sad. Bad programming. And it's it's literally just four dudes with laptops, <laughs> you know? Yeah, when it's like when all that matters is the vibe and there's none to ha- to be had. Yeah. yeah. It's also Just like 150 degrees outside yeah. light on you. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> so what's what's next for, for Zola Jesus? When's this new new music coming out before the record? Yeah, new new tracks are coming out on on particular days that I don't know. Um, but I'm sure they will just hopefully someone will post something. But um, yeah, then the record comes out May 20th, and from there, I'm going to just tour as much as I can and, you know, be in people's faces and, you know, tweet things that I regret. I'll continue to do that. Yeah, I I do. I do have to say that, like, following you on Twitter is like 10 times more entertaining than like the majority of like bands or artists that I follow, so. Well, it's because I don't know when to shut my mouth, but I'm glad that it can be entertaining. <laughs> well, that's what Twitter's for. That's, we, right? we shut our mouths on that thing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there going to be new videos for the for the new music? 
Yep. Currently working on arranging that. That's another really hard thing um, to do post COVID. Yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, yeah. the industry and, and navigating everything and doing everything that used to be feel like so easy before is now like harder and more expensive and less possible. Right. But um, yeah, definitely there's, there's more music videos coming. What's the best way that we can get out there and support Zola Jesus? Um, well, you can purchase my music from ZolaJesus.com or merch. I got a merch drop. I got new new items coming on Monday. Um, nice. And then pre-order the album anywhere, whether it's my website, Bandcamp, you know, record stores. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ZolaJesus if you want yeah. to, you know, contribute in a more charitable way. Um, yeah. So there, there's, and I even have my PayPal link on my Twitter link yes. tree. So you know what? If like, if you really are just like loving Z- the Zige and want to throw her some cash, times are hard. So I have my PayPal link in there for, for utter desperation. Yeah. Give it, give it out there. <laughs> Buy Zola Jesus a cup of coffee. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? I, on, people, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, pre- I pre-ordered the new record. I pre-ordered the one Thank that's you. like kind of clear and smoky. Oh cool. yeah, that one's super Thank cool. Yeah. yeah, I know. There's yeah. like so many exclusive versions. I don't know why we have so many, but I love, I love just like the the amount of options. It's very capitalist, where it's like you want the smoky, you want the clear, you yeah. want the tan, you want the teal, you want the red. We got it all for you. Yeah, you got you got to go clear teal because it's just going <laughs> yeah. off from the yeah yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you know it's able to pre-order. Uh, artists have been having such a hard time getting things pressed, so. Yeah, it's been crazy. That, yeah. I want to say thank you very, very much for taking the time to yes, come you. on here and listen to us ramble and ask you awkward questions. <laughs> I feel like you guys listen to me ramble a little bit too. So I want to thank you for that. Hey, we, well, we need we need other people rambling besides us. So yeah, yeah, yeah we, we appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you've ever listened to this podcast. I doubt you have. But mainly, it's most of the time me and John here just rambling about movies that we just watched, and he likes them nice. and I don't like them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we've had so some... negative about movies. So negative. any highlights? <laughs> any new good ones? Because I've been really cynical. But are there any like ones oh. that you think I should see? Um, well, we was just talking about the movie X. Did you see that one yet? No, is it good? Yeah, it's- I really liked it. Coop gave it Coop gave it the same star score as me, but didn't like it as much as I did. So I don't. <laughs> oh wow! How many bags? How many bags of popcorn? You're a you're a horror fan, though, right? Um, yeah, 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 definitely. I love horror. What kind of horror are you into? Body horror stuff like Cronenberg. Yes. yes yeah. Yes, yeah. I love. So, um, yeah. Yeah, X Giallo is good. Stuff. There's there's some of that in there for sure. So good. Who directed you it? Check it out. Uh, Ty West directed it. Oh, He's Ty West. Guy. That's right. Yeah. So, but we need to make sure that he hooks up with Zola Jesus for her to record the score for his next movie. Yeah, for sure. Right? For why? Sure. For why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm a big horror guy. I kind of like slasher movies, but I'm really a big fan of the elevated stuff. So that's Ooh. what. I, well, yeah, like, he's being an elitist. Uh, I'm yeah, not an elitist. Elevated <laughs> horror. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm not elitist. I spent an entire year making articles about the Friday the 13th series, so I'm not an elitist. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for coming on to the show, and we're, 
very, very much looking forward to the new record. I absolutely love the new video. I'm not going to bug your label to send me an advanced copy, but <laughs> I, I, I am looking feel for... responsible for that. And I'm sorry, even though I had no, oh. no, no play. No, no. It's, no, please don't. Please don't. Honestly. Uh, no, I, I just, I appreciate you took the time out to, uh, to be on the show because, you know, I know it's busy out there and everyone's trying to utilize the time as they can, yep. you know, cause we don't know how much longer we got. We could all be closed up again and, <laughs> or dead. Don't say so. that. Just knock it off, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, we always we'll, we'll always have Zoom and Squadcast, and we'll always have podcasts. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. God bless yes. that. Well, yeah. we'll we'll always have the Crush Monocle with white dudes talking about their opinions on music and movies. <laughs> oh, hey, as long as they're gentlemen, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Coop, yeah. we would never, we would never have these chit chats without the podcast. You know, at least we have our once a month. We get to sit down and talk about random stuff. You know, right? So. And you boys know, you get awesome guests too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, get out there, support Zola Jesus. Uh, give her some PayPal, man. Yeah, buy some merch. PayPal me. And, I don't know. Uh, Try it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Join uh, the Patreon. Come on. Join the Patreon and. Um, yeah, so check out the new record. It's coming out May twentieth. It's available everywhere. I, I imagine I pre-ordered it already. So get out there and support it. And if she's playing a town near you, go out there and see her live because she puts on a hell of a show. Yeah. Aww, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Lovely chat. Yes, thank you. All right. <laughs> I'll send you a link when it's finished and you can listen to it and cringe on how bad we sound. <laughs> or how bad I sound. <laughs> um, this is Coop. That's I'm, John. I'm the other guy. Hi. Bye. <laughs> That's Soul Jesus. Go listen to a record. This has been the Crush Monocle Podcast. Please listen on your favorite platform. Subscribe. Smash the like button, whatever the kids do these days. And uh, yeah. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.